What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Youth Quest Ministry Podcast. This is our first full episode, technically second episode. You, you can you can look into that how you will. Um, I am here today with Hayden Palmer. He is our teaching team leader on the team, uh, or otherwise known as our T-team. He's a sophomore here at Liberty. He is uh, pursuing his degree in youth ministry with minors in biblical studies and expositional preaching. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, yeah, as you said, my name's Hayden. I'm super glad to be here. Like you said, I'm also a sophomore. Um, yeah, but that's that's pretty much me, expositional preaching, biblical studies, and youth ministry. So I'm really passionate about ministry. Heck Crazy, yeah. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so Hayden and I are both uh, going into youth ministry, both pursuing youth ministry, and both really think it's a very important thing. And so that's kind of what we're going to be discussing today is mm. just... Um, Hayden's perspective on youth ministry and his yeah. experiences and kind of his vision for it, um, just so we can get to know Hayden and, yeah. and talk about youth ministry. Yeah, talk shop and just get to know each other and be able to let people know like what we stand for and what we are. Absolutely. Who we are. Uh, so I'm just going to go ahead through a few questions. So I just want you to, Hayden, can you tell me and the people listening about yourself a little bit, kind of where you're from, where'd you grow up, all of that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my full name is actually William Hayden Palmer. So um, my the funniest thing is when people like see my name, they're like, you're not Hayden. But I am. It's just my middle name. Um, I come from a uh, household that is has does have both parents um, that live together. They are married. Um, my father's name is Patrick. My mom's name is Christine. And I have three younger siblings, so I'm the oldest of four. Um, my younger brother is uh, 16 now. My other sister is 12. And then my youngest brother is 10. Um, but yeah, a lot of the context, I come from North Carolina. Um, I always claim Charlotte, even though I'm not from Charlotte. <laughs> um, I'm about... So like between Charlotte and Greensboro, kind of like that mid split is where I like grew up and was born and raised. But right before I actually came to Liberty last year, my family moved like an hour away, kind of closer towards Raleigh um, to my grandparents' lake house and stuff like that. So they're kind of moved out to that area. So when people ask me where I'm from, I have to tell them like I grew up here, but I live here with my family now. So it's mm. like it's kind of that weird, interesting blend where I'm like. I kind of like am from both areas. Like I've gotten a good little blend because like we always went to go visit. It's called New London, which is where my parents live now. I always went to go visit there as a kid because mm-hmm. that's where my grandparents have their lake house. Oh, yeah. We got in the lake and stuff like that, which is awesome. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm from. That's kind of like a little bit more information about me. Um, three siblings, two parents. Um, yeah, that's 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 pretty much the main split. Heck yeah. yeah. Uh, what what did you did you grow up in the church? Um, yeah, I actually uh, did grow up in the church, um, but I wouldn't claim that it was a very healthy church to be mm-hmm. to from the get-go. Um, yeah, I grew up in the church. Um, so where I'm originally from, which is called China Grove, which is kind of like that mid-Charlotte, uh, Greensboro split. I was involved in actually several churches um, because A, my parents were, uh, I would claim that our family was very big into church hopping. Mm. We would go from different place to different place to different place from di- to different place. We would go to different youth ministry nights to different youth ministry nights um, to different like Sunday schools to whatever, like fill in the blank, whatever happens at church. We were there across the board. And growing up in the, uh, in the Bible Belt, North Carolina, it was never difficult to find a church driving down the street yeah. like it's not a very impossible thing it's not like New York where there's like just oh, yeah. cr- like n- there's not a lot of Baptist churches but Baptist churches everywhere my parents were like oh we've got friends at this church we've got friends at this <laughs> church we've got friends at this church let's just go visit everywhere and because of that I never got to be able to be very rooted in mm-hmm. a youth ministry which A hurt me spiritually but B it hurt me relationally with my friends because mm-hmm. I could never buckle down with those relationships to no fault of my parents own they were just genuinely intrigued in all these different churches and because I just had to ride with them because I couldn't drive at 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 <laughs> years old. I just had to, I just had to hitch a ride and yeah. I just went to wherever my parents went, that type of stuff. Yeah. So you, you did not grow up 
particularly in like one youth ministry or one church. You were yeah, just kind of so, all over the place. Yeah, pretty much. There was there was definitely I would say three key churches that I like phased in and out of. Mm. Um, the first one being the it's called Memorial Baptist Church, but some shady stuff went down. That pastor got arrested, went to like prison, so not ideal. That'll do um, it. Yeah, that that'll that'll do <laughs> it. Yeah, um, yeah. And then the uh, next one, um, there was. It was, I would say it was a youth ministry, but in reality, it was just more of like a youth group. We just hung out and just talked at a church. It wasn't even mm. really a church uh, ministry night. Okay. And we just hung out at a church. And then the third one is the church that I faithfully faithfully attended my um, junior and senior year of high school, which is where I like really got discipled. I really like started pursuing sanctification and not just living with this idea, okay, salvation is on my back. What do mm-hmm. I do next? So I actually started pursuing sanctification and got discipled by a pastor that actually used to be on Youth Quest. Oh, yeah. Um, and he he actually used to be on the same team in the same position that I am. So, which is really cool. That's crazy. So like, kind of like not following his footsteps, but kind of like trail up behind and be like, wow, our callings have just landed us in a similar position, yeah. which is really cool. It's yeah. really cool how God works through that. Mm. So then I want to ask you two questions. It's yeah. one question, but I want to ask you yeah. it twice. Oh, f- so okay. I want you to tell me kind of what, what it was like growing up, kind of bouncing around those different youth groups, yeah. kind of pitfalls, strengths you saw in each one of them, or just not necessarily like this church did this well, but you saw these things done well, you saw these things not done well. Mm. And then I want you to tell me more about um, those last two years that you landed in a really healthy ministry, Mm. really being discipled and tell me kind of what you saw there and what you learned there. Mm. Yeah, so I think out of the three churches, I'm just gonna say church A, church B, and church C. Yeah. Uh, Can give the names, but in reality, it doesn't doesn't really matter. So I would say church A, which is the, uh, uh, I would say, more of a student ministry position that I was involved with. Um, the pastor got like arrested for like child molestation type stuff, which is never ideal, but mm. it, it happens and that's yeah. reality. That's life. Yeah. Um, sometimes that shady stuff happens and it sucks that that gets a hold of ministry leaders. But um, before that, um, we had left the church before that and I didn't even realize. Mm. Um, but yeah, like being in that youth ministry um, or student ministry, whatever you want to contextually call it, um, it was very healthy. It was very relationally rich. There was lots of times where I definitely felt loved. I felt the love of Jesus. I felt the love of God, even if I didn't know it in that moment. Yeah. Like now looking back, I can say, you know what? The love of God was moving. The love of God um, was there. The love of God was present. The love of Jesus was flowing from these leaders, from the small group leaders, and from the students that were older than me, as well as some of the ones that were younger than me. Yeah. And they didn't even know it, um, which was really, really cool. Um, but because I was bouncing back and forth, it was not a habitual thing mm-hmm. where I was feeling the love of God constantly, which definitely felt, which actually definitely impacted my story because of that bouncing back and forth. I never stayed stable enough to be able to make that full connection of the gospel and how it contextualizes into my life. And so like bouncing back and forth to church A and then into church B, um, whenever um, my parents stopped going there because of the scandal that happened with that youth pastor, we got involved in this other church. um, And then we had, they had like a ministry night. Um, It was like, I think it was on a I think it was Thursday afternoons or maybe it was Friday afternoons or whatever um, after school when we would go to hang out there for like two hours um, and they claimed it was like a youth group. They claimed it was a student ministry, but in reality we would get there. We'd hang out in the lobby for like 30 minutes and then for the next hour-ish we would play games and then for the last 30 minutes we would just go into our small groups and talk about life. There was no message. There was no sermon. There was no like devotional. We would mm-hmm. just like hang out and talk to each other and get to know each other. So I like to I like to claim that more as a um, 
like a like a connection type the deal. Like I got to learn more yeah. about more of the kids that were in my area and connect with them. And then whenever we would go to church on Sundays, I'd see them again, be like, Hey, what's up, John or Gabe, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. I got to say hey to them. Um, but a, lot, a big part of my testimony is that because of those, that bouncing back and forth and because of a crazy incident that happened with my brother, whenever I was younger, he almost lost his life. Um, I blamed God. And then also in the midst of church hopping, I never got stable enough in a church setting to be able to fully hear the gospel presented in a real way. Mm-hmm. It always felt very sacrilegious to me, mm-hmm. um, which is just, it's just, it's just the reality of the situation. Like mm-hmm. it's not fun. It's not fair, but it's just the reality of the situation. And because of that, I didn't actually um, come to know Christ as my personal Savior until going into my sophomore year of high school. And uh, even then, the ministry that I was uh, involved with is called Young Life. It's an evangelical uh, ministry targeted towards uh, high schoolers and middle schoolers that didn't typically hear the gospel. But become a, because I came from a church environment, um, it was a very weird thing for me. I was like, well, everyone around me has never heard the name of Jesus, but I've heard it all my life. Mm. I've bounced in between churches. I've been to xyz i picked up all the chairs on a ministry now like i was good um in my own eyes um like i was putting in the work and i thought god loved me even in the midst of that and then because of that um i accepted jesus christ as my personal savior at that summer going into my sophomore year of high school and then sophomore year of high school no one ever got me involved in a healthy church no one from that ministry really did which really sucks and that's a that's a real reality Mm. like there are people that like give their life to christ and there is no discipleship follow-up there yeah. is no follow-up there yeah. is no hey we want to get you plugged into a church it's just like hey keep att- keep attending our youth nights and yeah. that's just going to be the reality of the situation so i ended up finding church c um i'm gonna actually shout out this church because it's an awesome church it's a <laughs> charity baptist church um in kannapolis north carolina it's Absolutely. an awesome place um and youth quest has actually been there so that's really cool so that's actually <laughs> the first the first time i ever had a uh, face-to-face interaction with youth quest members was at that church and uh, the past the student pastor of that church was also used to be on youth quest so I got involved going into my junior year of high school, and uh, because of my brother's accident whenever I was younger, I knew that I always wanted to go into some kind of health field, medical field, um, because the medical field really uh, saved my brother's life in reality. Yeah. Like, whether it was, like, the physical therapy, whether it was, like, the uh, emotional trauma that he had went through and like, kind of helping him through that, I wanted to be a part of that as well. But eventually, very soon, that desire did not did did not fester inside of me as only wanting to help people but it be, it, but it became about the money mm-hmm. um and that church that student pastor um I don't have to say his name but that student pastor that was there really discipled me and he called me out he yeah. called me out he was like that's not He's, he, he, he basically called me out, not even like through verbally, but through his actions. I could feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit working through him in our conversations mm. and I felt called I was like you know what I'm wrong yeah. This is not about helping people anymore. This is about making cash for me. This is about making money. This is going to put me in a healthy position, not just spiritually, but financially. Yeah. I'm going to be comfortable with where I'm at. And eventually I got called out. And um, uh, just at that point, the word of God just became very clear and very evident to me. And the will of His, um, the will of God in my life came, became very evident and very clear that he wanted me to go into full-time youth ministry. Mm. And Praise here God. I am. Here I am pursuing it. Here I am the teaching team leader. Never did I think it. <laughs> I'm looking back in the past three years of my life and I'm like, wow, never did I ever think that I'd be preaching the word of God on a public stage platform at 19 years old yeah. at a Christian Baptist college. Yeah. That is just not a real reality for me. Like I just, it feels so surreal, but it's crazy. And I'm so thankful that it's happening, but Mm -hmm. that is no will of any individual man. That is the will of God. And we know as scripture tells us that the will of God is going to be above all things. Absolutely. Um, uh, off the top of my head, I know that acts, um, 
Oh gosh, what is it? Acts five thirty eight through thirty nine. Um, if the plan is of man, if the plan is of man, it shall fail. But if the plan is of God, how can it fail? Mm. Like it's crazy to think that like the will of God and the plans of God are going to succeed all the time. Yeah, and it's not anything that man can can, can do for itself. Yeah, it's literally the will of God. Amen. I don't know if that answers both of those questions, but uh, that's, <laughs> I think yeah, it absolutely that's a does. spiel about me. I think a, a couple of the things, actually, well, one of the things that you said was you talked about um, at one of your churches, the lack of follow-up discipleship or anything like that. Mm. Um, that's so, that's, unfortunately, that's that's a thing that we see a lot um, yeah. in youth ministries. Fortunately, a lot of the ministries that we're able to go to as YouthQuest do that really well. Yeah. And we want to empower them to do that well and continue to do that well. Um, but... We also see so many different ministries that don't do that well. Yeah, for and real. And that oftentimes it is students, uh, they they connect to a youth group, but they don't connect to a church. Yeah, amen. And so when they go to college, they leave a youth group. They don't leave a church. And then they don't have a youth group to find now that they're in college. Yeah. And so they don't know how to find a church, um, which is such a struggle to find. And, and this summer I was actually, I was at Bellevue, Bellevue mm. Baptist in okay. Memphis, and one of the things that I was so impressed with above anything else, they're a big church, so they have a lot of resources, which is great. Yeah. But the thing that I was most impressed with is, is the follow-up, mm. is the follow-up. We, I was, I was working there this summer. And so one of the things that we were always doing every day, we were following up with students, mm. whether they accepted Christ, whether they showed up for the first time, whether they just haven't been seen in a while or anything like that, we were always following up. Mm. And that was really encouraging to see and also prepared me to be able to take that out and employ them yeah, in other for ministries. Sure. Um, but it's always just so heartbreaking to see so many ministries just struggle with that. Yeah, and I was doing a, I was doing an internship this past summer as well um, at the Community Church of Mount Pleasant um, in Mount Pleasant, North Carolina, which is um, an incredible opportunity. Their context is like a church plant. Um, they've been only been, only been open seven years. They have two on-staff pastors in their churches topping out at like 700 people, mm, which is like wow. yeah. for only two pastors, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. And they don't have a student pastor. They've got a lead pastor and associate pastor. And they've got this kind of like um, makeshift um, student leadership team okay. that like of, of comprised of adult volunteers that like kind of lead their student ministry. And uh, I realized very quickly, like going into that context, um, the follow-up was really, really interesting to see because there wasn't a student pastor. Mm. There wasn't someone that literally their job was to do follow-up. Yeah. Yet follow-up was happening. Mm. And I think that kind of just blows down to like, there really are faithful leaders yeah. that are serving in our yeah. churches. And then there are churches out there that don't have those faithful leaders. They don't have those faithful student pastors. They don't have those faithful student leaders. And then guess what's happening? There is no follow-up. Mm. And what happens to those students? They live a very similar testimony to what I, what I lived. I got saved, and then I just went down a dark hole thinking that I was okay, and then I never lived a sanctified life that year. Mm. And then thank God that I was pulled into a church by the will of God because that allowed me to— Light, it, light, it lit a flame in my life, not the flame of salvation, but the flame of sanctification to pursue the life of Christ, yeah. which I thought was really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the next questions I have for you is, why is youth ministry important? Not necessarily mm. why is it important to you, but why is it just, why, why should we continue to have youth ministry? Why is it important? Yeah, so I think to start off that question, you really have to come down to the point of what does youth ministry even stand to do? Not you can't even answer why it's important if you don't understand what it stands to do. Yeah, um, and I think student ministry in particular needs to stand firm on the ideology of teaching doctrine, mm. teaching the word of God, building relationship with students. Not to just have a relationship, yeah. but to show the love of God to be able to put them in a position to accept Christ as their personal Savior, because that is the only way for hope. 
Yeah. There is no hope other than the name of Jesus and mm-hmm. his sacrifice, death, burial, and resurrection. So, like, coming in with that, like, presupposition, um, the importance of it is that's the only way that some of those students are ever going to hear the Word of God. Yeah. Is on those ministry nights. Yeah. There are some students that are, A, forced to go. And they're forced to go, but they're also going to hear the Word of God in the midst of that. Yeah. But the incredible part about that is, is that there are going to be a lot of students that are forced to go. But youth ministry in particular becomes a hangout night. It mm. becomes a time when the community comes together. It becomes a time when churches um, from different or churches from different contexts they come together, whether it's willingly or um, just students just show up and they hang out. Mm. And that the, that hanging out may, maybe those students don't go to that church, but because they're hanging out, if we focus student ministry wise on preaching the word of God, those students are going to hear the word of God. Yeah, those students are going to hear the gospel if we are doing student ministry correctly. And now whether they accept it or not. No, no student pastor, no preacher, no teacher can make them accept the word of God. Yeah. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. But we are being faithful in the midst of that because we are allowing them to be put in a position to accept that as their truth, mm. to become saved, to become made in the image of Christ. They're going to be able to adopt that identity because that is what Christ is presenting for them. Mm. And that's an incredible opportunity. So why is it important? Those, that's going to be the context that some of those students are the only time they will ever hear the gospel. Yeah. And if they don't hear the gospel, the sad truth about it is that there is no way to salvation. Yeah. I mean, Scripture tells us the only way through the Father is through me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's Jesus talking. There is no way through the Father except through me. Yeah. So, like, if we don't present the gospel, if we don't remain steadfast in the Word of God, if we don't remain steadfast expositionally, I know I said an expositional preaching minor, <laughs> but the reason it's important to me is because if we don't preach the Word of God the way that it was intended, we're basically heretics. We're going yeah. against the Word of God. We're mm-hmm. teaching false doctrine. We are literally, quote-unquote, lying to these students about what we say is truth because what the Word of God says is truth. And if we get that wrong, it's not truth anymore. Mm. And that's why it's a, such a burning passion of mine to make sure we get it right because it matters. It carries weight because that's an eternal soul on the line of one of those students. Yeah. And it's not something that we can do like, oh, I don't save these students. God saves these students. But he uses us to do it by preaching the word of God faithfully. Yeah. Which is why I think it's so important because that's an eternal soul. Yeah. That is literally their eternity in heaven or in hell. Absolutely. That's on the line. Yeah. Yeah. I think... One of the things that um, uh, Dr. Idle, Derek, our, mm. our faculty mm. director, faithful leader, mm. um, one thing, one of the things that he touches on in a lot of his classes, and he's touched on with us in our initial training, um, was the importance of not having the single night youth ministry where it's just that one thing that happens, but there's more. Mm. And so that looks like a Sunday morning as well. Yeah, we have Wednesday nights, but we also have Sunday morning where students are getting involved in the church. Mm. Um, and while that is ideal... The unfortunate reality is that we're going to see a lot of students only come on Wednesday. Yeah. And which really touches on what you were saying of preaching the word of God and making sure that they know proper doctrine. They know just, they know the truth of the word of God. They know the truth of the Bible. They don't just know what you're picking out to encourage them. Yeah. Amen. They know what the truth is. Yeah. So I think that that especially kind of speaks to those students who are only going to come on a Wednesday. Mm. That that's just the reality. Yeah. The goal is to have them come all the time. Yeah, and I think that when they don't show, like if they like because Wednesday night is their only night, especially coming from the context of like Church B that like didn't preach. Mm. If that's the only time that those students ever came to church, that is their impression of the church. Yeah. The church doesn't preach the word of God. Yeah. They they claim the Bible, but they don't teach it. Mm-hmm. They don't preach it. They don't proclaim it. They don't evangelize. 
they don't disciple. Yeah. Like some of those, some of some churches out there, and I'm not calling out any churches, but some of those churches out there don't do that. They yeah. don't preach the word of God. They don't love their students well. They don't disciple their students into what it looks like to even follow Jesus. And then what does it do? Mm-hmm. It gives these students a false impression of what it is to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. And then they go to school and they claim Christianity. And then what do they do on the weekends? Yeah. They don't go to church, but they're out partying. Mm-hmm. And then that's what people see as Christianity, and it messes people up in the long run. Yeah. Because that is not what the Christian image should be. Yeah. Not because of just images in general, but because of the image of Christ. And mm-hmm. that's what we're called to follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in that vein, um, kind of my, I, I touched on this last week, and I, we've talked about this before. Um, but my main like motive, essentially, mm-hmm. my big goal with going into youth ministry and what I really want to do and my, my, my end goal with it is to, like I said last week, is to lead leaders to lead leaders. Yeah. I want to lead these students so that they can go back into the church and lead. Because we see, we, we, we see, I mean, us going into youth ministry, we hear all the time, like there's way more positions than there are you guys in oh, the major yeah. and things like that. For sure. But there are also, that that's outside of youth ministry. There yeah. are, there's a decline in in church attendance in general, but mm. also in people going and leading and doing that faithfully and well. Yeah. And so what I want to do is train these students to go and lead in the church. Yeah. So that's kind of my kind of goal with youth ministry, my big vision. Yeah. What would you say yours is? So why is that now it's more, why is it important to you? Yeah, for sure. So I just took a class this past week or no, I'm taking the class now, but it's <laughs> Churchman 300. It's one of the practicum classes mm-hmm. that we have to take as a residential student. So Josh is a online student. So he, he doesn't, <laughs> it is different, but I have to take a practicum class where I have to get 40 hours in serving at a church. And because I serve at a student ministry on Wednesday nights, I was already doing that. So it's kind of just yeah. like easy hours, but we took the spiritual giftedness test and um, it basically evaluated what are our spiritual gifts and ended up coming down to evangelism, um, teaching as well as like discipleship type deals, mm. um, like pastoral like positions. Yeah. Um, and that's really a big encouragement because one of my big, big desires is to cha- radically change lives, not because of my power, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, as it tells us in Acts 1-8. Mm. Um, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that is the only thing that can change lives. Only by the power of the Holy Spirit can someone be convicted enough to have a radical life transformation. Yeah. And my burning desire is to present the Word of God um, unequivocally, unashamed, unafraid, as well as just that is the baseline truth. Yeah. Because I don't want to add or take away from Scripture. Mm. A, it's unbiblical. But B, I don't want to hurt anybody. Yeah. Because I was hurt. Mm. I had been hurt. Like the tr- the first church that I went to, that st- student pastor that was like m- apparently like molesting students, like mm. that hurt. Yeah. I was there. That could have been me. Yeah. And then it m- kind of threw into question how much of what he was saying was true. Mm. Like I want to live above reproach so that these students don't have a reason to question me because of the word of God. Yeah. I want to live according to the word of God and how that applies for my personal burning passion into student ministry mm. is that I want to present the word of God the way that it was intended because yeah. that is exactly what Christ did. Yeah. And then I want to disciple students. Yeah. That is the baseline. Mm-hmm. Like I know you said, um, I want to train students to go mm-hmm. be leaders. I think that needs to be the burning d- desire and passion of every person that is in student ministry. Oh, yeah. Because if you do not have that passion, you are not doing student ministry, yeah. I assure you. Because <laughs> if you do not want to go send out your students to be leaders, yeah. 
honestly, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. I don't know what your job is. Yeah. I don't know what you're getting paid for. Or if you're a volunteer, I don't know what you're not getting paid for. What 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 work you're doing. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and it throws into question just a lot. So I'm going to say my burning passion is the exact same thing as Josh's, <laughs> just with different words. Um, but no, I think that needs to be every student ministry's yeah. burning passion, every leader. Um, every student pastor, every associate pastor, lead pastor, executive pastor, whatever, connections pastor, miscellaneous leadership positions. We need to be about not just saying, hey, we got this student saved. Because hear me when I say this, it's not a numbers game. So many churches I know that are numbers games, and it's not good because that is not true discipleship. And then we need to be about getting these students saved, of course, because that is their eternity on the line. But then doing life with these students, yeah, it's like you said, like it's not like as Derek says, it's not just a one-stop shop student ministry. Mm-hmm. Like Wednesday night's good, but if you're not doing life on a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah, what's the point? Yeah, because you're just getting week to week. And she's like, okay, cool. Hopefully, you have enough to get you through the next seven days. But in reality, the way that I've seen it and the way that I've experienced it, what happens on a Wednesday night might get you through the next twenty-four hours. Oh, yeah. And then what happens those next six days? Yeah. You're in the darkness again, which yeah. is why we have to get these students saved, of course, but teach them how to practically walk a life of faith, mm-hmm. how to practically follow Jesus, yeah. how to do quiet time, how to discern scripture, how to read scripture, how to evangelize to their friends. Because as, I mean, I know that Derek says it, the person that is best going to reach that student's friends is that student. Oh, yeah. It's not going to be any adult. It's not going to be any leader. It's going to be your friends. Absolutely. You have the greatest capability to reach your friends with the gospel. Far better than I can. Far better than Josh can. Far better than Derek can. Far better than anyone on this team can. You you can reach your friends better than the than we can. Yeah. And that's why I want to empower students to be able to go empower students. Yeah. So pretty much leader on leader, but like... <laughs> but empower empowerment. Empower. Empower. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's different. It's different. Yeah, it's different. It's different. <laughs> it's not the same thing, I promise. <laughs> I, like, I like one of the things and appreciate one of the things you said of... Um, just again, you said this earlier too, which just shows your heart for it, but preaching the word, Mm. um, and preaching the truth. And I think that that is so important, especially in a youth context, because so often we can, we, I can, I could go on YouTube right now and find a million videos, one of pastors, not necessarily preaching the word or preaching it out of context. Don't get me started. But I can also find a million videos of good pastors and good speakers talking about them. Mm. And acknowledging, explaining to me, the the viewer of the video, that this person is preaching this verse out of context or things like that. Um, But I think we share the same heart is we want to be, we we don't want to just hear that that pastor is not preaching the right thing. And that's what students are watching. Because frankly... So many young people, they just want to watch a sermon online. They, they just want to, want to listen to and a podcast like this. And especially if their pastor is popular. Exactly. That is a big thing, Exactly. Too. And so they'll gravitate towards those, which yeah. often, not always, there's some phenomenal preachers. But often. But know, often, yeah. yeah. There are pastors who are preaching out of context. Yes. Or they are using the Bible, but maybe for their own agenda. Yeah, it's like, is it really true gospel or is it like prosperity type stuff? Yeah. And we, we, we see these people, these great leaders, these great pastors, mm kind of deconstructing their sermons and and looking at what they're talking about. But I think, again, we, we share that same heart of wanting to be wanting to make sure that that doesn't keep happening. Yes. And we do that by training these young people, by training high schoolers and middle schoolers on the true word of God so that they can then, they know that, but then we're also empowering or leading them to go use that and lead with Mm, that. For sure. And I know that model their own. Yeah. That specific model of like, 
both of what we just said. Yeah. We basically said the same thing using different words, yeah. but it's different. It's different. It's different. It's different. It's different. <laughs> but like we said the same thing, and that model was inspired to me by my student pastor that used to be on Youth Quest. Mm. Like that is the healthy way of doing student ministry. Yeah. And honestly, people ask me questions like, "Oh, like what do you think are different ways?" And I was like, "That's it. Yeah. Like that's what you got. Yeah. Like I don't if you're if you're doing anything else, I don't know what you're doing. Like mm-hmm. if you're not empowering your students to go evangelize to their friends and to live a life of Christ." Again, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I would suggest maybe transitioning away from that, but like keep doing yeah. what you need to be doing as in teaching the word of God and then discipling students. But that was taught to me very, I would say, I wouldn't say early on in my faith, but like within the first year, because yeah. I went through that year of darkness and then started getting discipled. That m- instantaneous moment of whenever I started getting discipled radically changed my life, radically changed my career decisions, radically changed my financial perspective of what, how much money I would be making, mm-hmm. and I'm just okay with it. Yeah. I mean, the medical field, you make some nice money. Especially compared to youth ministry. Oh, yeah, but. youth ministry, <laughs> not mad money, but yeah. like— But we're doing kingdom work. Kingdom work, and it's eternal value. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, Scripture tells us that, like, your works can be whatever, but without faith— Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, you can't please God. Mm. No matter how much money you have, no matter how much you tithe, whatever. Yeah. Like, it's about faith. Yeah. And my faithfulness is going to be directly tied to serving God in his kingdom with youth ministry. Mm. Because I know a lot of youth ministry uh, majors or student pastors just want to use student ministry as, like, the stepping stone in, like, getting into the next position. Yeah. But I want to hunker down in student ministry. Mm-hmm. I don't want to use it as a, I don't want to use it as a stepping stone. Yeah. I'm okay with being the 55-year-old dude hey, praise in, God. in youth ministry because I know that these students, when their lives are radically changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ and by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit— and they go out to college, mm-hmm. they could be the they could be the student that I was. Yeah. They could be the student that thought they were going to do this, and now they're going to go serve the kingdom. Yeah. And how many more lives are going to be populating heaven because of that? Yeah. Because of our faithfulness. Yeah. Not because of my teaching or preaching capabilities, not because of how good I can communicate, but strictly because the word of God carries power. Yeah. That is incredible. Mm. And it's life-changing. Mm. And that's why my life has changed. That's why your life has changed. Praise God. It's why Youth Quest <laughs> exists. Yeah. It's why Liberty exists. Yep. It's crazy, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my last question for you is kind of sums up everything. Um, is really just how can you um, begin to either train for or accomplish your goal in youth ministry and, and really going into that? How can how can how can you be continued to to train or equip or accomplish that goal with Youth Quest or like like yeah that's yeah, yeah that's the question. Quest. So. Um, <laughs> To answer the question first, YouthQuest is not everything. Like, if you want to prioritize YouthQuest, not you specifically, but people. People, like, try Mm -hmm. to idolize whatever um, ministry that they're in. Yeah. Which is, A, not good for your soul. Yeah. And it's toxic for your spirit. So I think priority, we need to make sure that our relationship with Christ is not directly tied to what ministry we participate in. Mm -hmm. And I think, and especially in the context of this situation that I'm thinking of that happened a couple years back whenever I was in high school— we had a leader, mm-hmm. and his faith was directly tied to the student ministry. Mm-hmm. And it caused him to question a lot, yeah. and it caused him to accidentally lead students astray. So with me, with YouthQuest, the only reason that I'm able to be successful with YouthQuest on the teaching team is because I prioritize the Word of God outside of YouthQuest in my own life. Yeah, Like my personal studies, bro, my Bible looks like <laughs> chicken scratch with how many words are in it because I, I just have to take notes down. Yeah. And that's what we have to prioritize. We have to prioritize digging into our word. Mm-hmm. We have to prioritize prayer. We have to prioritize all of these things that are spiritual disciplines outside of the ministry that we are in. But 
when I say this, take it with a grain of salt, but we take those things into the ministry that we participate in, yeah. and then we give it to God, and then he can use them. Mm. So specifically for Youth Quest in my own life, A, I love communicating. I was a theater kid in middle school and high school, so like <laughs> communication is my jam. Oh yeah, I love building relationships. I love talking to new people. I love evangelizing. That's like my jam. <laughs> so whenever my student pastor was telling me about, uh, whenever I was in high school, this would be church C, quote unquote. Um, whenever I was there and he was telling me about YouthQuest, this mm-hmm. event that he used to participate in, I was like, that sounds incredible. Like I'm going to Liberty now. I want to do that. Yeah. And I kind of went through this conflict, um, like a this spiritual battle in freshman year. I was like, well, I don't want to just like follow in his footsteps. That's kind of weird. And then uh, sophomore year, I kind of died to myself, and I was like, I'm going to apply, and then here I am as the teaching team leader, which yeah. is kind of crazy, didn't expect that, yeah. um, but here I am. But yeah, with YouthQuest, I am able to succeed in ways that other ministry teams at Liberty University would not be able to put me in a position to thrive. Mm. Um, I was, I mean, gosh, we were at the rally um, last week, or no, earlier, was it yesterday? It was yesterday, it was last night, right? The Scammer rally? Yeah. No, the, no. Uh, the, the Vine Oh, Getting Center. to Know LU for Getting C-Fall. to Know LU, yes, for the night, CFAW yeah. event, yeah. So the CFAW event, um, I was there and I was just having conversation with the people and they were like, oh, what do you do? And mm. I was like, oh, I'm the teaching team leader. And they're like, okay, so like, why YouthQuest for you? And I was mm. like, there is not another ministry team at Liberty <laughs> University that empowers 19, 18-year-old, 20-year-old students mm. to travel and preach the word of God on stage, mm. which is crazy to me. Like, yeah. I am 19 years old and I get to preach the word of God, <laughs> similar to just to like what Jesus did, which yeah. is crazy. And I get to do that. And I get to be put in that position only by the power of God. Mm. And I get to preach the word of God. A, I get that practical experience, mm. but B, yeah. I get to learn. Absolutely. Because the first time you step set, step foot on stage, I assure you, uh, <laughs> it will not be perfect. My first <laughs> your, time was Your this first past, sermon is always bad. Yeah. Your first sermon is always bad. My first, my gosh, my first, pa- the, my first one this past summer, I was like, got off stage and there were students coming up to me like, oh my gosh, that was great. That was great. <laughs> and then I got back to the office with the student pa- or the pastor, the associate pastor that I was under. And I was like, holy gal, that was awful. And he was just like, it comes with time. It comes yeah. with time. Yeah. And then now here I am. I, we pre- I preached last month um, in West Virginia and I got to share the gospel with students and I get to do it again mm-hmm. um, m- midway through October. Yeah. And I can just see as I've been practicing, as I've been rehearsing, as I've been not scripting my prayer or not scripting my sermon or scripting my message, but just leaning into the power of the Holy Spirit, it's becoming more, more natural. Yeah. It's becoming a natural process where I don't have to worry about what I'm going to say. Yeah. I don't have to get every minute, minute detail infinitely, infinitesimally correct. Mm-hmm. I just have to lean into the Holy Spirit and trust and have faith that he's going to communicate truth through me as long as I stay expositional in my studies yeah. and expositional as I walk through the scripture, which is something that I love about YouthQuest because it's not some there's not someone looking over your shoulder 24-7. Yeah. They have faith in you. Josh yeah. has faith in me. That's why he <laughs> hired me as, as the team leader. He has faith in me. Yeah. And he has faith in God that he's going to use me in a righteous manner, mm. which is really, really cool. I think that answers the question. No, yeah, that absolutely so. does. I think so. That absolutely so, does. Uh, Go T team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just so, it's so incredible to just be able to, um, I know when I first joined the team, like it was just an incredible opportunity to be able to just minister to students hmm. essentially full time while hmm. also going to school. <laughs> like that's, it's a that's lot. His, that is, that's its own learning curve. But it's, it's, it's a really cool opportunity. Um, and I'm thankful to, hmm. to have been a, a member of the team prior to now leading it. Yeah. But, I'm also thankful you're here. I mean, yeah. I'm thankful we get to just have this conversation. Yeah, it's amen. really cool to be able yeah. to just talk have shop. this conversation. <laughs> yeah, talk shop, really, yeah. just with a couple microphones in front yeah, of us. Hey. Um, Fancy. 
but it is it, it's such a it's such a pleasure and such a cool opportunity to be able to minister to students in this way yeah. while just getting your degree in mm. exactly what you are practicing yeah literally <laughs> that was yeah. the, that was the biggest thing for me it's like i'm literally going to practice what i'm learning while i'm learning it which is a very rare opportunity yeah like i'm studying homiletics and hermeneutics and there are other students that are in those classes and they're like, whoa, I've never even heard these words. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm doing it. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm preaching and teaching. I'm doing deep theological expositional studies on yeah. the word of God. And you're telling me that you want to be a student pastor and you've never done this before, which is, which is okay. Like they're learning how to do yeah. it, but which is just so cool with youth quest. I get to learn how to do you it have the and do it yeah. like, which is just so cool. Yeah. It's just a very unique platform. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So uh, thank you, thank you for oh. having me on the team because that's it's, it's such a great honor. Oh my pleasure, my pleasure, <laughs> Chick Fil A. It has been uh, it's been great, great having you on yeah. today. Um, I love being here. Oh yeah, we're just kind of wrapping things up now. Um, yeah, it's been great to talk to you, Hayden. Um, I'm glad everybody else can can listen and just kind of yeah. understand our shared, but also mainly your heart for yeah. youth ministry and kind of what that looks like. And so people can continue to get to know you, can continue to get to know Youth Quest and kind yeah. of what we're all about. And so just thank you for sharing all that and about yeah, sure. your growing up and that was very cool to yeah. cool to, to learn and continue to continue to know. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, thank you for having me and I'm really hoping that we'll be able to reach a really cool audience with this podcast oh, as, uh, yeah. as it comes out. And uh, if they ever need anything, they can reach out to you and they can reach out to me because Boom. here we are. There you go. That's, that's, that's leadership, baby. That's how, <laughs> that's how it rocks and that's how it rolls. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you are listening, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, I hope this podcast is able to minister to you in some way. Um, as, as we continue to, to go out and minister to students. Um, so I pray that, again, this would just minister to you or to, to whoever's listening. Um, join us again next week. You'll find out who's there when you listen. Bye.